Hello and welcome to Thy Kingdom Come. My name is Jacob. I'll be your host. Super glad that you guys can be here with me today. Um, I thought that we could start off with this first episode uh, at the beginning, um, where most Christians start off their spiritual journey, and that's with baptism. Uh, Now, there's a lot of misinformation and misconceptions, and then just flat out things that people don't understand about it that 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 needs to be cleared up um but for those who don't know uh, what baptism is i can briefly go over that and then we can jump into what those misconceptions and the misinformation is so this comes from the catechism of the catholic church paragraph 1278 the essential rite of baptism consists in immersing the candidate in water or pouring water on his head while pronouncing the invocation of the Most Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Going back a page, sorry, uh, in paragraph 272, it goes on to say, incorporated into Christ by baptism, the person baptized is configured to Christ. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark of his belonging to Christ. No sin can erase this mark. So essentially what all that means is the immersing of someone in baptism, them sinking under the water, is symbolic of them, uh, is symbolic of Christ's death um, and your death of sin. And then rising out of the water is symbolic of Christ rising from the dead. And likewise, you rising to new life in Christ. Well, at the same time, all of that happens it leaves an indelible mark on your soul that can never be erased by any sin. It, it permanently marks you as belonging to Christ. So it's, in a, it's a very important sacrament. It's a very beautiful sacrament and uh, one of the many gifts that God gives us to bring us closer to him. So it is, it is sad sometimes to see that there is a lot of misinformation out there about it. But one of the things that Catholics get pretty heavily persecuted about um, and Protestants, uh, I see it mostly from Protestants and, uh, and evangelicals, um, these, these points that they try to throw at us, is that y- you can't baptize babies because they cannot make an act of faith. Now, in the Catholic Church, it is very popular to have your baby's baptized at a very young age. Me and my wife, we had both of our sons baptized at about one to two months um, of age. And Protestants would say to that, that that's, that's, you know, that baptism is, doesn't count. It's not a baptism because the baby can't choose that for himself. They can't make an act of faith. And well, that's just just not true um, because the church teaches that you can baptize your infants based on the parents' faith. The parents can make that act of faith for them, much like in Matthew 9-2 when the paralytic is healed, not because of his own faith, not because he made a personal, you know, act of faith, but because of the faith of his friends. And if you remember, the streets were so crowded with people trying to get to Christ that they 
did everything they could. They climbed up on top of the building. They busted a hole in the roof and lowered him in like he was a SWAT team. And they lowered him down. And he was healed because of the faith of his friends. And the other one that you get a lot and that you'll hear a lot, or at least I hear it you know, quite often, is that there is no Bible verse that references infant baptism. And that's just not true either. Um, because in Acts 16, 15, there is a woman and her name is, oh, I lost my place. Oh, uh, Lydia. I hope I said that right. Uh, Lydia. And it says, when she and her household were baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And and she prevailed upon us. Um, So it's really that first part that's important when she and her household were baptized. Another example of this is in Acts uh, 1613. Um, at the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. And, uh, and then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. Now it would be, it would certainly be, uh, I don't want to say disingenuous. That's probably not the right word, but it would be wrong to assume that in these households that that children were not a part of the household or that there were not children there even though it doesn't you know explicitly state that there were children in the house it 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 is fair to assume that there would have been right so the other one that is thrown out there a lot is that Um, because in the Catholic church, um, this isn't true everywhere, but, uh, for my sons, uh, for example, uh, my sons were not completely submerged in water. Uh, they had water poured over their heads three times. And what you'll get is, is people, uh, Protestants and, and people that like will say that, that that's not biblical, that that is not a true baptism. Well, this is... This is wrong, too, because in the early church, if you go to the Didache, which is a document on rules of the faith written in the, I believe, the late second century, it says this concerning baptism. And concerning baptism, baptize this way. Having first said all these things, baptize into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28:19 in living water. But if you have not living water, baptize into other water, and if you cannot in cold and warm. But if you have not either, pour out water thrice upon the head in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A clear example of early Christians practicing the same things that the Catholic Church still practices today. Now, the Didache may not be um, part of the infallible uh, rule of faith or um, inspired teaching, but it is still a good example of what early Christians believed. 
and it is the same as what is still taught in the Catholic Church to this day and still practiced by Catholics to this day. One of the bigger, not, I almost said fallacy, one of the bigger um, pieces of misinformation that floats around the internet and floats around in Christianity is that baptism is not necessary for salvation. And this is, this is dangerous because our Lord himself in John, I believe it is John 3, yep, John 3, 5, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water in the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Martin Luther, the, you know, the famous Protestant started the Protestant Reformation in the Protestant church. Um, he famously said, hold on, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Baptism is no human plaything, but is instituted by God himself. Moreover, it is solemnly and strictly commanded that we must be baptized or we shall not be saved. And that's in his large catechism for six. But this is also something that the early church, the early Christians understood and knew to be something that we must do. It was something our Lord did. He was baptized in the Jordan. And we must follow that same example. Uh, this wasn't something that Christ did that was just simply symbolic. It was it was a rabbi being a good rabbi and leading by example. And St. Augustine, who lived, uh, this was written in AD 412. According to the apostolic tradition, the churches of Christ hold inherently that without baptism and participation at the table of the Lord, it is impossible for any man to attain either the kingdom of God or to salvation and life eternal. And even in the Nicene Creed, which um, I believe most Protestants adhere to and um, believe to be true and of, you know a good prayer to practice, it was written in about 381 AD. Uh, it says in part of uh, the Nicene Creed, it says, we believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Now, if something is not necessary for salvation, how can it be necessary for the forgiveness of sins? If it is not necessary, then, or if it is not, if it can't forgive sins, it's it's not necessary. If it's, it, but clearly this is not what the early Christians believed. This is not what the early Christians taught the early bishops and the early priests that uh, were handed down their authority from the apostles. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1257 states, the Lord himself affirms that baptism is necessary for salvation. Baptism is necessary for salvation for those to whom the gospel has been proclaimed and to who have, sorry, my dyslexia, it's kicking in to whom the gospel has been proclaimed and to who have had the possibility of asking for this sacrament. So we can clearly find very easily that, and 
early church history, even Protestants and and early the early history of Protestantism, it was believed and taught that baptism is absolutely necessary for salvation. And we cannot ignore John 3, 5, which doesn't come from any man or, you know, just any anyone. It comes from our Lord. And it is not a parable. It is not Christ speaking metaphorically. It is literal. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So baptism is absolutely necessary for salvation. Going on further, um, sorry, I shouldn't say going on further. What am I talking about? No, but um, one of the last things I wanted to talk about doesn't come from Protestants. It's not an error that comes from Protestants. It's not an error that comes from evangelicals or anyone else regarding baptism. It comes from Catholics, of of all things and of all of all people. I see it happen quite a bit, and what happens is is um, parents will bring their children to the church to be baptized uh, as they should, but it stops there. They will have their children baptized, but that is that is it, and. They won't continue to raise their children in the faith. They may at at home in their and you know their homes you know say prayers whether it's meals before grace or it's uh, prayers before bedtime and what have you. But they won't expose their children to the sacrifice of the mass, the the other sacraments such as reconciliation, the Holy Eucharist, uh, confirmation which are essential sacraments for our salvation. They're, they're graces given to us by God that are necessary for our salvation. Um, and it's, it's really sad because at baptism, one of the things that you as a parent and a godparent promise, not just to the congregation who is there celebrating with you and to the priest, but to God himself, one of the things that you promise to do is to raise your child in the Christian faith, to raise them in the practices of the faith. And you can't do that just by simply, you know, doing your prayers at home, by, uh, you know, saying grace before meals and, and before bedtime. You can't do that. You're being, you're being disingenuous. You're being hurtful to yourselves because you as the parents aren't receiving that the sacraments but then your children aren't having the opportunity to receive those sacraments so it's it's something that we need to encourage each other more to uh to do you know to come to the church regularly you know every every sunday and it's not just enough to come to mass every Sunday to, and to expose your children to the faith in that way and raise them up in the faith that way. You have to have a domestic church at home as well. And a domestic church, if you don't know, is 
exactly what it sounds like in every, in every way except for the literal sacrifice of the mass uh, you know a domestic church is living a christian life every day not just on sundays at mass so raising your your child in the faith requires both taking your children to the to the to the sacraments taking them to mass raising them in the faith not just on sundays but every day, because that is what we promised to do when we have our children baptized. And it's something we need to encourage each other to do more. And godparents need to, you know, encourage parents to do more. Um, and more importantly, we just need to pray for one another. Pray for those who may not or who have you know, maybe falling away from the faith a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, it's not our place to judge uh, for what reasons they may have fallen away from the faith. It is a place to love and to to bring back. And that's what I want to do with this podcast is whether you're not Christian and you're just kind of listening to this to, you know, gain more knowledge, I, I welcome you. I, I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm not trying to convert anyone with this, by the way. Um, it's not my place to convert you if you don't want to believe in Catholicism or Christianity, for that matter. I don't want to force you to do that. Um, I want you to make that decision because you desire to do it. Um, but outside of that, I want to help bring those who have maybe fallen away from the faith back to the faith, back home to Christ church. Um, and that's one of the driving factors of why I want to do this. But um, we, we need to pray for each other and we need to encourage each other because at the end of the day, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ and we are called to love each other. And with that, guys, that's all I got for you guys today. I had a lot of fun doing this episode and doing uh, all the research, getting everything together for you guys and talking about it with you. I hope you guys all have a very blessed day and I hope to see you next time. God bless.